Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Carlene Kelly has supported Independent Tech News directly for five years. Be like Carlene. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, May 8th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Salt Lake City, I'm Scott Johnson. And from cloudy, gray, overcast skies, I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. Yeah, he lives in the cloud, folks. Doesn't even have a location. <laughs> That's our producer, Roger Chang. Uh, we are the best tech news team in baseball, and we're here to tell you about some interesting stuff, including whether the apps you're using are making you think there's more crime when there's not. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. E-scooter startup Bird announced a new model called the Bird One, which unlike the current Bird fleet, is available for purchase. It could also be rented. Bird scooters were originally made by Xiaomi and Segway Ninebot. They tended to depreciate pretty quickly. Bird One has a bigger battery, more durable frame, at least the company says so, and is designed to stay in circulation for at least 12 months. Pre-orders are open today, and it's going to cost you $1,299. Wait till somebody tries to take your scooter away from you when you buy one of these for yourself excited to see them litter the streets uh amazon announced a new version of its outdoor security camera the blink x21 or two i can't say the right blink Blink 182 the blink 182 (laughs) on torn now uh no it's the x xt2 it adds two-way talk Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. 
With Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Improved motion sensing to reduce false alerts and promises two years of battery life on just two double A's. It's pretty good. Uh, it's available for pre-order in the U.S. now. Shipping May 22nd for $90. It's coming to Canada this summer as well. So am I. Uh, some Uber and Lyft drivers are logging off their apps, and some are protesting in the streets against working conditions and pay. The protests come in advance of Uber's stock IPO on Friday. Uh, protests started in Sydney and Melbourne, continue in London, Nigeria, South Africa, several U.S. cities, and elsewhere. Uber and Lyft drivers are classified as contractors, which means Uber does not have to provide benefits. I have to say, the pictures I've seen of the protests have not made them seem overwhelming, but there are people out on the streets. Intel CEO Bob Swan said Wednesday that Intel will launch its 7-nanometer chip products by 2021. Intel's 10-nanometer chips were delayed but should launch later this year. All right, let's talk a little more about uh, some of the Google announcements still coming out of I.O., particularly, Scott, you've got one about Chrome. Yeah, Google continued with announcements well after its I.O. keynote ended. Uh, That would have been on Tuesday, yesterday, including a new initiative Enhancing privacy on Chrome. The changes are at the developer level to start, as they often are. Only sites that originally set a cookie will be able to access it, and third-party cookies will have to identify themselves for the browser to allow them, making it easier for user settings to block them and clear them. Uh, Google may also only allow cross-site cookies if they are encrypted over SSL. Google is giving developers a few years to adapt Google will also launch the extension in the coming months that lets users see who is behind the ads that you see in your browser and what led to them being displayed. I I like this. Uh, it's it's a it's actually an improvement on what Microsoft's doing with the Edge browser, where they're going to give you multiple settings. This is this is actually requiring developers uh, to use the to use a particular feature in order to keep the cookies uh, from being used across site without your knowledge. So the, the same site uh, feature, which has been around forever, is, is basically going to be enforced in Chrome. That, that is very interesting. Uh, and another example of, of Google putting in place some efforts to protect privacy. Also, as a user, I, I love the idea of being able to see uh, where the ads are coming from and how it got initiated, because sometimes that stuff's surprising. Um, there's there's extensions now in some browsers that do similar things, but mm-hmm. sometimes you'll find out a thing came from a place and you're like, whoa, I don't know if I want to go to that site anymore just because I don't trust this originating URL or whatever. So that stuff's good. On the subject of privacy, a few folks have noted how Google and Facebook tackled the issue at I.O. and F8, which happened last week, pretty differently. Mark Zuckerberg said the future is private. Sundar Pichai said the present is private. Probably was not an accident. With Google leaning into several products that are ready to ship or ready to demo, Facebook's privacy commitments have been accused by some of being more like vague PR tactics to encourage users to keep sharing their data and keep regulators off Facebook's back. Zuck said that Messenger and Instagram Direct would both become encrypted 
but we haven't really gotten a timeline from the company yet. Already announced features like Clear History and Facebook's data transfer project didn't get any F8 stage time, even though they've both been introduced some time ago. Yeah, we uh, we we didn't really talk about it, or we didn't you know shine a light on it yesterday when we talked about the announcements. But uh, maps getting in an incognito mode, uh, search getting in an incognito mode, uh, the the Google Assistant going. Uh, being able to be used in airplane mode on your device. I know I was kind of chiding Google for not emphasizing the privacy aspect of that more, but it is there. Uh, Google actually launched or put products into demo that are protecting privacy and not going to let them off the hook. They certainly could do more, but compared to F8, where they said, we will uh, eventually encrypt this end to end. We will eventually do this and do that. Uh, it, it, it is quite a stark contrast. Well, I'm old enough to remember, and I'm not going to go find the actual quote like a professional or anything, but I remember hearing various interviews or moments where Zuckerberg talked about how openness and um, sort of just everybody knowing everybody and that that was the future we were heading toward, that society wouldn't care these sorts of issues. And obviously, some of that stuff has blown back. Um, so it's interesting to see them not scramble, but, you know, say things like the future is about privacy or the future is private, but not be able to do that on a dime. I mean, they're, they're, they're a company that for a time was celebrating the fact that everybody. And well, now they got to kind of change your, your, your uh, direction. So I don't know. It just feels like Google's got a head start. Yeah. Your connection broke up there for, for oh, a minute. There, wonderful. Scott, but- so is yours now. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I, I think I think you may be having a problem on your end. Then I apologize uh, for that. But your point is well taken, right? Uh, Google uh, even putting out a Nest commitment to privacy in the home uh, for its cameras, its home sensors, its Wi-Fi data, saying we will be transparent about the data we collect. We will never sell your personal information to anyone. We will empower you to review, move, or delete your data. Um, that. That's not the same as actually doing it, but at least uh, putting it up front saying this is what we're committed to, whereas that's kind of all Facebook did, Sarah. Yeah, and, and I think what what the the sticking point is to have, and not just Mark Zuckerberg, but Facebook executives in general, the company's sort of stance is you you don't realize how serious we are about this. We're really serious about changing the culture and, and making sure that you trust us. And Okay, well, you can either decide to believe that or not, but putting it up against a company like Google, which does seem to be backing up a lot of claims with, and here's this product we're shipping today, or it's now available, or it's going to be available on this date. It is very easy then to look back at Facebook and be like, well, where where are all your launch dates? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I granted... Uh, like the fact that that Facebook did launch some things to allow you to talk more privately. In other words, you know, the sort of not in the public square, but but in the living room sort of stuff. But that's not the same as what Google's doing, where they're adding, you know, TLS 1.3 support uh, with, with with their with their Android Q operating system. And mm-hmm. Facebook doesn't make an operating system, right? But uh, this is. This is different. Uh, this is this is a this is again not to let Google off the hook and say, oh, they've solved everything and there's no more problems with them. But they are at least making tangible efforts you can point to and audit. Whereas Facebook mostly is making promises. 
All right. Uh, let's talk about a security breach. Why not? Uh, that'll cheer <laughs> us up. Mossab Hussein, a security researcher at Dubai-based cybersecurity firm Spidersilk, discovered coding projects stored on a GitLab instance by Samsung engineers were set to public. That meant anyone who knew where to look could access the code. The instance included source code, private certificates, and secret keys for several internal projects, including Samsung SmartThings and some Bixby services. One project included credentials to access an AWS account and more than 100 Amazon S3 storage buckets. Hussein reported the findings to Samsung on April 10th. The company began revoking credentials, and Samsung says it has not found evidence that any external access occurred, but continues to investigate. Now, it's tempting to want to just go kick Samsung in the gut for this and say, why did you let this happen? What do you, how, how, how irresponsible are you? Uh, but this is a good thing. This is for, for us on this end, if you don't want to punish Samsung, this is a good story. This is a story of a white hat hacker discovering a problem, letting a company know, and the company starting to fix it. That's good. We want that to happen. You know, if you're, if you've been around this industry at all, you know, breaches are going to occur. Problems are going to occur. The second part of this is it's bringing to light this fact that developers need to change their culture at multiple companies. And that's why I'm like, don't go kicking Samsung too hard for this because they are not alone. There was a person I was talking to recently who worked for a company, I'm not going to name the person or the company, uh, who said that they had requested access to some data for their job and were given access to an entire server. And they were like, I didn't need all of that. I had access to way more information than I needed. But you know what? It was just easier to give me access to everything. And that's why this stuff happens. It was just easier to market public because then you didn't have to bother processing requests for people to have access. But you can't do that anymore. You you have to start with security, not add it later when it's discovered to be a problem. Yeah, so really it's, it's more of a, okay, well, <laughs> for the people who build and manage these sorts of things... How many of them will say, you know what, I need to be more responsible and go the extra mile and give that person a small piece of access to this server so that nothing bad happens. And and not everybody's going to do that. It it needs to start from the top. It needs to start with CTOs. It needs to start Mm -hmm. with uh, department leaders saying, you know what, security is real important. We can't skimp on that anymore. I know it makes your job harder. I know it makes things take more time. Uh, I know it slows things down sometimes, but it will be worth it in the end. You have to do it. Well, Tencent. How do I sound and look? You sound okay? good. Sound All good. right. Tencent has decided not to publish Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, aka PUBG, for all you gamers out there in China, as it cannot get a license from the government to collect revenue from the game. Tencent is reportedly moving PUBG users to a similar title, uh, helping Jingling, sorry, Jing Ying or Elite Force for Peace. The game is described as a quote tribute to the People's Liberation Army Air Force and is approved for monetization. It has similar gameplay, background, and graphic design to PUBG, but is less violent. Players, for instance, do not bleed. Uh, China Renaissance estimates PUBG had around 70 million players in China. It's an interesting story because uh, China has long had much more stringent controls uh, on video games and content that people can access within the nation. And uh, one of the more recent and notable examples for me anyway was when World of Warcraft debuted in that country. It was a very important market for Blizzard Activision to get into, um, one of the demands of change was you couldn't have any skeletal imagery. So if the undead were in the game, even though they're heroic characters where their elbows or their knees would show bones here in America and other territories, you could not do it in China. So they made them remove all of that. So there's a lot of that kind of thing 
for example, when your, your character dies in America, there's a pile of bones where you once were. In China, there is a little gravestone instead. So that's not unusual. What's unusual here is this is more about uh, PUBG and its and its violence, but also its addiction qualities, as as talked about by the government. They don't like addictive games. So games that are based on the Battle Royale game uh, type like this and like Fortnite are huge, huge influences, and they are very wary of those. So I would expect more announcements like this, and more and more of these games are going to have to, I don't know, remold themselves to be more like paintball and less like actually shooting people in a military type simulator i mean elite force for peace if it's as as like fortnite as or like PUBG as it sounds uh would be pretty addicting too wouldn't it in theory i mean the addiction factor may lessen maybe there's just a balance they have to strike of okay well it's super addicting but everything's cartoony and fun and whimsical and nobody's really bleeding so that's it that's enough for us to be okay with it but the addiction is the big is the big reason china is cracking down on yeah. this stuff cuz they right. can change the guns to be cartoony that that's that's easy. true still what, what surprises me is that other games haven't had the same level of addiction scrutiny cuz there are plenty of games uh, thousands of different titles that are popular in china and in the in in that entire region that you could qualify as highly addictive but these are the ones getting the attention. So I don't know why that is, except I feel like there's a balance between the violence and the addiction. Or maybe because they're not made in China. Is. Yeah. Weird. Twitter user Walking Cat, which is a great username, discovered links to the macOS versions of Microsoft's Edge browser. That's the one that's built on Chromium. From valid Microsoft servers, the links are to the weekly dev version and the daily Canary build. This is earlier than expected for the public, but Microsoft hasn't changed the links, at least not yet. Microsoft has been working on keyboard shortcuts, the Mac look and feel, and touch bar support. The privacy controls and collection functions announced at build aren't in this version yet, however, Tom... And Scott, I know both of you have been playing around with it already. Yeah, in fact, I have been reading all of my stories off of it, uh, using it the doc. I logged into Patreon earlier with it. Uh, I did some some Google stuff on it. Uh, it feels like Chrome. And when you set it up, it pulls in all your Chrome bookmarks, pulls in your Chrome history for you. Uh, you can log into Microsoft, not Chrome, if you want to sync across different versions of your Edge browser, uh, which I did quite nicely. But yeah, uh, it... Uh, it's it's fast, uh, and I know I fall in love with new browsers too easily. Uh, anybody who's followed me across shows for years probably knows this. Uh, Vivaldi, <laughs> forever. But yeah, I really like it so far, Scott. I liked Vivaldi a lot when it came out as well, but then Vivaldi got heavy and weird. So I, I, I yeah. approach this one with the same kind of like, I know that it's going to get chubby. It just These just do. Um they all do, but I'm very excited about it for the same reasons. I see a brand new browser and I think, ooh, what are we doing different here? And I like the the onloading is really cool. They just convert all that stuff immediately. You don't have to go in some option and say import all my crap. It just does it and you approve it, of course. But, you know, just that all felt very easy. But it's so fast at this stage. It's so screaming fast that it makes me want to use it all the time. But there's a little piece in the back of my head that knows that, you know, six months from now, it's going to feel slower. See, I'm sort of on the other side of all of this. I'm a Chrome user. Chrome is constantly bogging down my system. In fact, when I have to restart my computer, it's almost always because Chrome has just, I also have like 500 tabs open at any time, but that's the way I work. Mm. And 
I wonder why I stick with it when there are so many other options, or at least a good five other options. Yeah, I, well, and I, you know, Firefox is a better browser these days than Chrome as well. Uh, but there are things in Chrome that just lock you in certain extensions, certain Google features. Yeah, uh, I will say though that Edge seems much more compelling in that way that it it feels like Chrome, and I even was able to put the LastPass extension on. So. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it, it's looking good early. We've got a new early. contender. Granted, mm-hmm. Scott and I are you know midlife, so this may be just our midlife crisis. You know, we want to take a, <laughs> yeah. a shiny new browser out for a spin, but uh, maybe we're we're considered edge cases. <laughs> hey, ah. hey, that brings that, oh, that was conversation terrible. to a close. Uh, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. A recode story from Ronnie Mola, and hat tip to Ronnie, I've been using a lot of his stories lately, uh, doing really good work there, uh, is called The Rise of Fear-Based Social Media Like Nextdoor, Citizen, and Now Amazon's Neighbors. It starts, this article does, with the fact that violent crime in the United States fell 49% between 1993 and 2017. And that's not cherry-picking either. It's a big, consistent drop, if you look at the graph, across that entire range. Property crime rates fell by 50 to 69%, depending on who's estimating it, but it's still a nice, steep, consistent decline between 1993 and 2017. However, if you ask people whether there's more crime in the U.S. than a year ago, you get a flat line. 68% of people asked in 2017 said, yeah, there's more crime in the U.S. than a year ago, even though that's not the case. And it's been like that forever. In fact, it's slightly increased uh, since the early 2000s. Now, a lot of this can be affected by geographic variation. Uh, For instance, St. Louis has a higher murder rate than Chicago. But if you live in St. Louis and you see the Chicago being touted as, oh, it's the the worst for murder, and you're like, wow, it's bad there, it's even worse here, you know, that can affect your perceptions. Uh, there's also a lack of a clearance rate uh, with the police. They're not able to solve crimes, and so that may make people feel like there's more crime because they reported, say, a stolen car and it never gets solved. In the past, coverage of crime on television often led to this misperception. There's been a lot of studies about that. Uh, You watch the local news. They do a lot of crime stories because if it bleeds, it leads. And then you start to feel like there's more crime because you're seeing it every day. You're seeing it on your television. Well, now, Ronnie Mola suggests that apps like Nextdoor Citizen and Amazon Ring's Neighbors app are feeding that misperception now. For instance, Nextdoor often has your neighbors reporting suspicious characters in the neighborhood or actual crimes in the neighborhood constantly in your feed. Uh, the app Citizen actually encourages users to report crimes in progress and band together to prevent crimes. Citizen used to be called Vigilante, if that gives you any hint on, on where they're coming from. Uh, and Ring's Neighbors app lets you share alerts from your Ring doorbell, uh, videos if like some person is hanging out on your porch or maybe maybe somebody taking a package that gets shared around. And Amazon's actually hiring an editor to create local crime reports out of these alerts. All of this stuff makes it feel like there's more crime than there is because you're experiencing it multiple times on these apps. Uh, people reported as suspicious or more often than not, uh, not of the same ethnicity as the dominant race in the neighborhood, and that usually means non-white, there's no evidence that these apps make you safer. 
but they can raise your stress level. Uh, Pamela Rutledge, director of media psychology at the research center at the Media Psychology Research Center, told Recode, essentially using these apps, you're elevating your stress level. There's buckets of research that talks about the dangers of stress from high blood pressure to decreased mental health, and that's something that should be studied. So solutions in Mola's article. Media literacy, being more mindful when reading things, things you hear about when talking about fake news and other contexts are suggested. Uh, maybe reduce the radius of the reporting you see in these apps. And companies should help reduce emphasis of unverified reports and call out things as unimportant when they are unimportant. Whether companies will do that or not, a whole different thing. But Sarah, I found this fascinating that that we are no longer getting our perceptions of crime from local news, uh, but now we're getting it from our neighbors. Yeah, Nextdoor, I I started using Nextdoor when I still lived in San Francisco and I lived in a neighborhood that was crime ridden. That's just sort of, it was just a, it was a bit of a rough, rough few blocks that I lived in. And Nextdoor became almost untenable because it was just bad news all the time. Some of it was helpful, but a lot of it was, yeah, it was fear mongering and, and some unfair stuff being said. Uh, I actually just never changed it because I had gotten sick of it until yesterday. So the timing is great here. I'm I'm now in the next door area of my current neighborhood and I found, and there's still, there's some complaining and, and this is something that people almost laugh about next door about now. It's like, oh yeah, that's where people go to complain about crime and, you know, spy on their neighbors and unfairly try to get people arrested. My neighborhood now is much more kid centric. And so there's a lot more family kind of community kid stuff that I'm seeing where I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a actual like community next door. I never really had that in my neighborhood before. There was nothing of the sort. So in a way, I'm sort of invigorated to start using it again and maybe, I don't know, meet some of my neighbors. At the same time, I, it, it, this feels just like the 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 way that people complain about social networks too it's like there's so much fake news being shared now it's because it's a tool i mean it's not as if people didn't share stuff like this before you might sit on your porch and be part of neighborhood watch and be nosy and 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 share the same kind of information that community based services and platforms are sharing now it's just on a larger scale yeah it'd be a real hoot at the end of all this we study this 100 years from now and find out that while it raised everyone's stress levels and everyone started dying on average earlier because of all of this, but it was actually contributing to the lower crime rate. This isn't saying that, but it would be interesting to know that if that's the case, I have this weird relationship with next door here. Every time I check in there, it's weirdly too nice, like way over nice. Like people are like, Hey, I found a dog on the road. I'm not sure his tags are missing. So I don't know what he goes by or anything, but if you own the, the I dog, that, that's not like weirdly nice. That's just like it's just nice. That's a You're good right. person, yeah. But that's all it is. It's all that constantly. It's people saying, "I made an extra batch of cookies. I don't have anywhere to take them. We're not going to eat all these. Anybody within the range of this street want to come get some free cookies?" Like that kind of stuff constantly. No one ever talks about crime. I and guess it causes you to have a misperception of how nice people are because yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like there's probably something dirty going down and I don't know it because next door is being nice. So it kind of goes both ways. I, you know, I follow that next door Twitter account that like only tracks the funny stuff or the ridiculous stuff like probably everybody does. But uh, I, I feel like part of the drop in crime and whatever is knowledge. It's, it's, it's us knowing and being more connected and all of that. But at the end of the day, if we're all super stressed because we think everything we read is bad, 
uh, and it's a misperception, that's not good either. So I nobody's got any good answers for this today, but it's pretty fascinating how this stuff can go. That's why I think it needs to be studied. Find right. out like what effect is it actually having? What are the parts that are making things better? Like you're saying, Scott, there might be. And then as 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 Mola suggested in the article, de-emphasize the stuff that isn't. The first thing I did when I installed a ring doorbell was turn off the neighborhood alerts because Eileen, my wife, looked at it and said, oh my gosh, there's so much crime. I'm like, no, there's not. That's just people who turned on their alerts and anything that happens makes it seem like that. I'm like, we're, we're not going to pay any attention to that. And we didn't. But yeah, my next door is kittens in need of a foster home for the week and <laughs> teeth cleaning for dogs. Any suggestions? Anyone want this storage bin? Like... It all depends yeah. on where you, where you live and who's in your neighborhood. I I think, and not just Nextdoor, but but many of the the similar tools. And I'll check out Amazon Citizen eventually. I think in in theory they're really great. It's people that are not so great sometimes, you know. So I I, I find it hard to to blame the platform at times. And I also want free cookies. So uh, <laughs> Salt Lake City people. Um, here she when, you move, when you move to my neighborhood, <laughs> knock yeah, on my door, yeah. I'll let you right in. Thanks <laughs> to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You're probably all very nice neighbors as well. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. Tim Magnuson wrote in and said, morning, best team in tech baseball. Thank you, Tim said, I wanted to point out another reason not to use Facebook a lot, as if we needed one. He says, really? I listened and shared a tune from a 1974 album three and a half years ago. This is something that he shared on Facebook over three years ago. Woke up to this in my feed, and he screenshots a notice from Facebook that says, your post goes against our community standards on nudity or sexual activity. It's a link to a YouTube video of a track from a, from Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy album which shows the album art so not only was this not flagged correctly but quite old yeah and and the album art on houses of the holy does show what looks like naked people crawling on rocks but they're they're not it's, front it's also, frontal yeah, nudity pretty well known yeah it's a really well known album cover <laughs> uh i think uh, it's the cliffs of moher in in ireland it's a it's a historical site that you, that you can go visit there uh so yeah uh, that's, uh, that's, that's great. Now the same mistakes that are made by YouTube's bot are coming to Facebook. Yay. Hey, well, thanks for the heads up, Tim. Uh, keep them coming, <laughs> but hopefully this doesn't happen to you again. Also, thanks to Scott Johnson for being with us. Scott, besides your nice next door neighbors, what's been going on? Well, I was just noticing somebody's doing some testing on what they call microblading. So they need some models up the road here for some microblading, which I guess is just tattooing your eyebrows so hey i've got a i got my afternoon carved out i don't know about you guys anyway uh there's a lot of cool things happening on my side of the uh not pond really i'm not that far from you guys but if you want to find out exactly what i'm doing you can go over to frogpants.com it will uh, lead you to everything all roads lead to what i'm doing at frogpants.com and if you want to chat with me on twitter you can find me there at scott johnson uh, apparently green dog dental is the solution for the dog uh, teeth cleaning that I was mentioning earlier. So that's mm. just in on next door. Um, nice. Thank you everyone who supports the show. If you didn't know already, there are all kinds of perks to being a member of daily tech news show. You can get special episodes. Uh, you can get bonus episodes that look at the history of technology from five years ago when daily tech news show began. Uh, we've got special interviews, special explainers, my editor's desk, and the jewel 
of our special bonuses is Good Day Internet. It's an expanded audio program of us talking before and after the show, and you can all find that at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. And if you'd like to join us live, please do so. We're live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Good night, Rob.